Colton Hackett from Hackett's Guide Service out of uh, Humboldt Bay, Humboldt County, California. Um, him and his boys just put on one hell of a show, just crushing a lot of Aleutian geese, a lot of ducks, and a lot of brant. So uh, welcome on, Colton. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Just just enjoying Christmas Eve, you know? Yeah, hell got yeah. Out and, uh, got out and killed some birds this morning, so it's it's a good day. That's killer. So, uh, yeah, because we, uh, we recorded this podcast, but there was a messed up, I mean, the audio was shit on my end, so... Let's try and get after it. Round two. So you went out. You were uh, you guys went out hunting this morning. Yeah, yeah, we went out. Uh, did a little public, public river hunt. You know, ended up ended up killing a couple mallards, which is always always a plus in Humboldt. We don't get many many mallards up here. So, but yeah, just went out, did a little public river river hunt with the boys, and uh, it was a good time. Yeah, hell yeah. That's I mean, that's pretty much what it's all about, right? So Well yeah, uh dude, you you so you started Hackett's guide service when? How'd you get into guiding? Um, just kinda I mean I I've been born and raised hunting, you know, and uh so it's always kinda been my my dream just to be you know, have a guide service or whatever. And uh I'm just up here in Humble, it's hard. It's you know we're not in the right the right area to have a lot of guide services up here. Not there's not a lot of guide services up here. So, but uh, you know it's just over the years we've just done really well and put in a lot of work and everybody and you know all the boys everybody was like, dude, let's do this thing. And so we started. This will be our third year up here in Humboldt. We do a little bit in the Sac Valley too, you know, it's just kind of coming, come and go when it's, when it's hot, we go down there. When it's hot up here, we, we stay here, but yeah, we've been doing it for, this will be our third year now. So that's killer. And how many guides, uh, so how many guys are you running right now? Uh, it's just two. It's just me and my buddy Rudy. Okay. And, uh, so, I mean, we, uh, it's not your average guide outfit up here you know i don't i don't like to book ahead and book a whole season for you know because my biggest thing is shooting illusions and uh if anybody if anybody knows like hunting illusions they're one unpredictable bird so i kind of like to uh make a make a list you know get on a call list and when i have a good feed that i think's worth you coming up and spending your time to drive up here and shoot birds i basically call you and uh yeah that's how we work it up here yeah so uh what's a good way to get a hold of you if somebody's trying well so you uh i found you through instagram on a hackett's underscore guide service and i mean the amount of birds you guys are just crushing and they're all illusions which is pretty cool and it's pretty uh i would say it's pretty rare for california because everybody looks at california as being more of a uh a speck snow kind of rice, you know, like the Sac Valley sums up what California hunting uh, could be. But you guys definitely get after all of the, uh, all the Aleutian geese up there, which is pretty cool. I think it's pretty unique. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're, we're lucky up here in Humboldt, you know, we, uh, we shoot a lot of little Canada's, a lot of Aleutians and, uh, you know, we shoot, we get our fair, our fair share of Brant up here. It's, it's a grind for the Brant, but you know, 
we get it done but uh for the most part it's it seems like a lot of people want to kill these little these little yeah pretty lucky to be able to uh to be able to be on on this side of it hell yeah so uh sorry my my phone connected to my truck right there i don't know (laughs) if i can cut out a little bit but yeah no worries dude it's no big deal just so uh what would be how many decoys are you running after these geese and what's a good way i mean what are they eating kind of deal uh oh sorry you there yeah repeat that again so i mean what's a good way to get after these geese well i mean because it looks like you guys are cutting them i mean you guys are cutting these birds up in green fields which is a Looks pretty unique in itself. So, I mean, typically, what it's what's it like looking after a field, trying to set some guys up on it? You know, how many days prior do you go out and scout fields? I mean, we're pretty much basically from November seventh when Aleutian season opens. I mean, from then on, basically, I'm either out there scouting or my buddy Rudy or you know, a couple other people we got. You know, like. Tom Cardoza, he's always helping out. You know, there's always one of us out there scouting pretty much every single day from November 7th till the end of January when the regular season ends. And then we're fortunate enough to have such a migration up here, a late migration. You know, we get a we get to crack at them in the basically the middle of March. So. I mean, you know, we run, I run, uh, 12 dozen Dave Smith's cacklers and, uh, yeah, I mean, basically we're, we've always got eyes on geese, whether they're on our field or somebody else's field, we're, we're always watching them, you know? So when we get that chance, when, when all the stars align, you know, it's, it's game on. We got, usually go out the night before, set up everything. Cause it's, you know, like you said, that that green grass that we're hunting it's it's a different camo than anything on the market basically like you can't buy the fast grass or this and that and put it on your blind and go out there and expect to sit in that green grass and blend in just doesn't work that way so you know you gotta account for another extra hour just picking green grass in those fields put them on your blinds to you know to really dial it in so hell yeah and i mean so you said you mentioned Dave Smith decoys. Uh, I just found out about Dave Smith decoys uh, two years ago, dude. Because I run all Avian X stuff, but those Dave Smith decoys—they're pretty pricey, man. But they also the detail is uh, phenomenal. I don't think there's a decoy out there right now that pays attention to detail as much as Dave Smith decoys do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I I have nothing but good things to say about Avian X. I this year, I mean. This is the first year I've been running Dave Smith's. I've ran Avian X's for uh, probably, I bought my Avians probably four years ago. And, uh, I mean, I've killed thousands. I've landed hundreds of thousands of geese in those Avian X's, you know. So, I got nothing but good things to say about that. But, yeah, Dave Smith, you know, it's just, it's your average little little company, basically, you know, like, they pay attention to detail. They're not they're not out here mass producing their decoys. Everything they make is quality and you know, they only have a certain amount of decoys that they produce every year. So 
That's uh, Dave Smith. They do they do a really good job over there, and their customer service is great, which that's the biggest thing. Like, you ever have a problem with any of those decoys they make for you, they will make it right. And so they're just – that's a great company. But, uh, yeah, I mean, ever since having these Dave Smiths, I don't think I'll go back to anything else for for cacklers and Aleutians, you know. Oh, yeah. So, cause they, these birds, I mean, they like, everybody thinks that they're, it's easy kill and whatever, but these birds, they see so many spreads up here in Humboldt. I mean, it, and on every day that we're hunting, you know, we're competing over probably five or six different spreads within a couple mile radius. So it's like, you gotta really make yourself stand out better than the other. So. Yeah, I mean that's pretty killer though. <clears throat> They're, I mean, they look like great, dirt, great decoys. I know a friend of mine had, he had bought some spec decoys, and I checked them out. They seem pretty, pretty similar to a, uh, to an Avian X. Um, besides just that little minute detail, which I mean, when, you, when if anybody goes and checks out your Instagram, I mean, y- you sent me videos earlier today of just birds pouring in, and I mean, my, I showed my wife. And she goes, wow, that guy has a lot of decoys. I go, no, those aren't decoys. Those are all <laughs> birds, and they're on top of his decoys. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, a different, it's a different type of excitement when you, you know, when you put in all that work and, you know, all that. You know how it is. You know, you put in all that work, and you finally have a couple thousand birds touch down in your decoys. Like that video I sent you earlier. There was probably over five thousand Aleutians in that in that field, you know, and they're walking through those Dave Smiths like they're they're their buddies, mm-hmm. and uh, they, you know, it's when you get them to do that, it makes all that hard work and all that time scouting and picking grass and this that and the other, you know, getting getting permission makes it all worth it. Oh hell yeah! So you uh you also went out of state right this year to go shoot some ducks. Yeah, yeah, we uh we went to Washington. We went to um Eagle Lake. Yep. Which the place obviously if most people that bird hunt, you know, they know about Eagle Lakes and uh lived up to all of everything I've ever heard from it. <laughs> it was amazing. Did you guys you guys hunted their flooded corn? Yeah, we hunted. We actually timed it perfectly apparently which for most of my out-of-state hunts usually i'm not on the ball with the with the timing but uh this one ended up working out great and uh everything froze up in canada actually while we were there because these guys you know they're they're talking to people in canada everything they're on they're on the ball and uh we actually got a big push of mallards the first day we were there we hunted three days and uh, every single day, I think we killed. I mean, uh, in our in my party, there was eleven guys, and uh, we killed limits of mallards every single day. So, and it was it was just it's unreal sitting there because you know in California we don't we don't see that big push of mallards unless you're up there in like the Butte Sink up there, you know, and all those private clubs or yep. or you go to the Snake River in in Idaho that's also another thing that compares to it but just sitting in a sitting in a corn field it wasn't even a corn field it was like a corn pond 
where the farthest shot was probably 20 yards. Yeah. And you know, all of us sit down in there in the morning. We're like, dude, if, if this, if they come in, it's game over. And they did, and they did in big numbers and it doesn't take long to stack up, stack up 28 green heads when, you know, yeah. Who's your, so, uh, who's your guide there? Cause a couple years ago I went to Washington. We just did a, a day hunt. We hunted public on Saturday. We crushed mallards. And then Sunday we went and hunted Eagle lakes. And I mean, we had a good shoot the weather though. I mean, it was 65 degrees in the middle of the day. So it was kind of, yeah. it was kind of crap, but our, uh, our guide up there was an older guy named Daryl. He was a pretty cool dude. Yeah. They got a lot of, I mean, most of their guides are family, you know, and they got a, they got a really good thing going on up there. I think, uh, we had Tyler one day and who was, I got his card right here in my truck. Tony, Tony Burnson. He's okay. actually the, he's the older brother of the owner of it. Yep. And that dude right there on a duck call is unreal, let alone I was laughing the whole time. I mean, he'll tell you some jokes that will make you laugh. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just a, it was a good experience to go see. I love seeing whatever, you know, all these different states have to offer for waterfowl. Cause that's, you know, that's what I love and what's what I do and seeing other people, do put in the work and make it just happen like they do it's it's badass and it inspires me a little bit you know to try and try and do my thing a little better each day yeah it's a trip too hunting corn oh dude it's it's insane we showed up we showed up before daylight and he's like what just watch my truck headlights he went and shined it out on the on the hole and dude probably like he said he's like I can't put a number but that was probably five or six thousand mallards and you know we don't see we don't see that up here in Cali yeah never so it was it was it was a good experience and then we're actually going uh, on the seventh of January we'll be headed to Mexico so yeah that's because... the next next out of state deal because you uh you so. Brant Brant Goose, which is, I mean, we talked about it uh, when we recorded last. Brant Goose, I think, to a lot of people, um, is a bucket list bird. But more so, I think uh, you had touched on it, too. And I totally agree is that when people think of Brant Geese, they right away think of tarsal bands, leg bands, you know, neck collars. And uh, Humboldt's a little bit, uh, is a little special for the Brant Goose. Um I rarely ever see him down here in the Bay Area, you know. But uh, uh, how's it? How's it up there hunting Brant on public land? I mean, you you gotta be a little messed up in the head, I'd say. <laughs> you go out, you know. I've I've had hunts where I've gone out two nights prior to opening day, you know, to hold down a spot and sleep in the sand and you know stay overnight all night out there and then sit there the whole next day and not be able to shoot and then stay another terrible night out there. It's like, you know, we're boating into every place that we got to go. So you can't bring a lot of stuff. So, you know, let alone my tangle free brand decoys way, way too much. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a, it's a grind. It's, it's not easy. And, but I mean, when, when you get those Brant to do it like that, it may, you know, it makes all those, that those nights worth it because 
you just got to think not a lot of people in the world get to see that, you know, unless you're in Alaska or Mexico, you're pretty much, or there, you know, there, there's those spots in the Bay area, but there are a lot of, you know, you got to really know where, where you're going out there and stuff. Yeah. So are you, um, you guys aren't skull boat hunting. You're sitting on the beach, kind of set up like some, uh, some wobblers, some full bodies and maybe a couple floaters. Yeah, uh, basically the way I do it, I, you know, I've tried to skull boat. It's hard. You got to have the patience, which my buddy, uh, Bryce guess he is a beast behind the skull boat. He, he could put you in a, a raft of widgeon and that's his thing this year. Like he is a super patient guy, you know, and he, he's out there in a skull boat. He'll, he'll put you in a raft of a thousand widgeon. And he's just looking for those euros, those Eurasian widgeon, you know? Yeah. Cause in those big rafts of widgeon, there's ton there, you know, you'll probably see five or six or seven Eurasians and that's a trophy in Humboldt, let alone anywhere in California or anywhere up here, basically. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he does the skull boat thing, but I'm more, I go set up and, uh, I run probably six or seven full bodies uh, or floaters, I mean, on long lines, you know, anchor lines. Yep. And, uh, we run a, I run a tangle free panel blind as my wiki, the dark, uh, timber camo one kind of blends a little better with the, with the sand, but yeah, we're just, we're out there in the middle of the bay just with long lines and sitting on a little tiny Island to where when the, when the, uh, when the tide comes up, you barely even have a spot to sit. So, and that's the thing, like hunting Brant, you got to do a lot of homework. You can't just go out there and get after it. You got to know your tides. You got to know when you can go to the, to where you're going. And there's, it's a lot, but when it happens, it makes it all worth it. Oh, hell yeah. So then you guys go down to Mexico and you guys just, <clears throat> what, I mean, what do you do? Do you go down to a guide service down there? Or is it just kind of DIY? How's the how's the hunting down there to begin with? How is it transporting guns from Me- well? I mean, I could assume maybe transporting them to Mexico is not that bad, but coming back into California, especially. I mean, do you guys drive down there? Do you fly down there? Yeah, um, it's it's a it's a different ball game, that's for sure. It's like you said, getting the guns into Mexico aren't really a big deal. You know, I don't know how it's going to be this year with all this COVID bullshit going on. But, uh, you know, we've always got in there good. And uh, but, yeah, like you said, on the way back is the most that's the most crucial part. And if you don't have all your paperwork, you know, because we show up, basically we we fly into San Diego and then we go across in Tijuana, which you know, if you know Mexico, Tijuana is not a good place. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we're just a bunch of white boys out there sitting in a freaking van with our Mexican driver. His name's Fred Rico. And uh, I swear this guy thinks he is a NASCAR driver because we get all of our stuff checked in, you know, get the guns ready, load the van, and he's off. Like, we got to go five hours through the desert to get to san quentin bay is where we hunt we hunt with outfitters because these outfitters they actually own the whole bay really so nobody can freelance out there it's just them 
which I think is why it's so good. Yeah, you know? that's crazy. But, uh, yeah, basically you just load up in Tijuana and drive five hours. You know that you'll stop. You'll stop probably four or five times, probably like once an hour at a little Baja 1000 stops, you know, like the little race car drivers where they, they do that Baja race through Mexico. Yeah. They have little stops and they, you know, restaurants and everything. You get, you get lobster, quail, all you can eat quail, margaritas. And then basically you get to get to the lodge, you settle in the next morning, you hop on a ponga. It's two people per boat with uh, one guide and basically he just takes you out to a point out there in the bay and you let him let it loose that sounds killer it, i'm gonna have to look into that uh, yeah it, it is a it is an experience that you gotta you gotta do you know it's like just like i said about eagle lakes yeah. it's uh it's definitely something that i will probably do the rest of my life i mean this year this will be my third year now in a row and i can't really see myself not going so yeah it's a it's a it's a good investment i mean it, it you know it, it does it's a little pricey but uh it makes it worth it when you go down there and shoot a bunch of bands and <laughs> eat good food and sit on a beach and just chill with the homies, you know? Yeah. Duck. I mean, goose hunting in Mexico. Just, I mean, that just sounds like a good time in itself, whether or not you kill a couple birds or one or two, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So then, uh, this year you, uh, you went up to Tule Lake area, which I mean, I, I, I have buddies who were up there all year. They were killing some good birds and then it just like died off and froze up. But you went up there and you ended up seeing, what was it? Brent Cobb, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we met up with the foul life and Brent Cobb and, uh, Mike McFay, which on Instagram, he's Tule Lake guide service. He's, a uh, he's one of the main guides up there in that area. So, yeah. And he, he's a good buddy of ours, so, you know, we he uh, hit us up and told us he had them coming into town, and, you know, we do a little barbecue, a little, little concert. Couldn't go too big because of the COVID stuff, but, yeah, it was a good time. Hell, yeah. How was the... Uh... How's the water up there this year? Because I know there was a there was a big thing going on with water and whether or not Tule Lake Lower Klamath was going to get any water this year. And then um, I know they had a big die-off at the beginning of the season of like 40,000 birds because of botulism. How's, yeah. the, uh, how's the water and everything up there? I mean, it's, you know, I've been going up there since I was five years old with my dad and uh, my grandpa, you know, and it's just crazy to see how it's changed up there from then until now. It, it's just a bummer. Like lower Klamath refuge, which is, you know, when you think of going up there and going hunting on public land, that's one of the main spots you think of. Well, they don't, they're not even flooding it at all because of that little, whatever, some prop that's going on and they can't do, can't use a bunch of water or whatever. But I mean, uh, it's just crazy because on the California side, you'll see no water. Literally right across the street on State Line Road, because one side's Cali, one yep. side's Oregon. Oregon's flooded full. Oh, jeez. 
So, I mean, it's, you know, I'm not trying to get into the politics side of it, but it's just kind of a joke, you know. It's, I used to go up there and on Lower Klamath Refuge and drive around and just look at all the ducks on the closed zone. And now the closed zones don't even have water. It's, it's just a straight flat of just dirt. Jeez. There ain't no birds there, so. But, I mean, if you find, if you find those right, like Tule Lake, it's got water. It'll it'll always have water, but I'd say it's probably like two, three feet of water and like eight feet of mud. Yeah. <laughs> so you really got to be careful out there. You know, if you don't got a mud motor, you're kind of shit out of luck. But dude, I uh, we decided to kind of expand our hunting area, and one year I ended up applying for uh, the Tule Lake Marsh, and I didn't really, dude, I didn't know my ass from a hole in the ground on that. And uh, I ended up drawing for opening day, and I told a buddy of mine, and he's like, oh, right on, like, what boat are you using? I go, what do you mean? It's a marsh. I'm going to walk in. And uh, so I ended up going out on Craigslist, dude, and buying a little 12-foot John boat with a mud motor for, like, a 1000 bucks and taking that up there. And that mud is vicious. I mean... Dude, it's gnarly. It'll swallow you whole, and no, I mean, if you're by yourself, good luck, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You gotta be. You gotta be careful with that stuff. That's just how. That's how it is up here in the bay too. Like you know, we up here. I'm hunting all tidal water. Like I, I don't hunt no fresh water. Everything I hunt is salt water, which sucks. It tears up. Tears up my guns. Tears up my motors. Tears up everything. You know. But like, if if you get caught out there on a on a low tide, where you get out and try and push your boat, you know. Because you're in some low water, you get in some, in some of that mud, and you might not get out. Like there's people that get rescued out of Humboldt Bay every year. They're out there on those mud flats, and they just get sunk. Really? So it's you know you gotta you gotta be careful with that mud. Everybody thinks it's it ain't not not a big deal, but you get out there, you get in the wrong situation. You know, it's scary. Oh yeah, I could just imagine. So yeah, I mean. I don't know, man. What else you got going on for this season? Um, I mean, I'm, I think I'm going to hit the valley here after Christmas. And uh, I got a blind down there I haven't even looked at yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, like, that's another issue with the with the water up there down in the valley. My blind had water at the beginning of the year, but then they wouldn't give us any more water until, like, right now. So I like, I talked to my farmer or my rancher, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, your blind might be, might be flooded by uh January, like mid January. I'm like, what good does that do me? I'm going to go put out a bunch of decoys in mid January to hunt for 10 days. And I paid a bunch of money. So uh, it, it sucks. But, uh, he actually called me the other day and said that he's got a, a two man blind that I could have tell my blind gets water and it's full of specks and full of uh ducks so i think i'm gonna go down there this after christmas and check that out and then yeah then i'll be going to mexico on the 7th get back on the 12th i believe and uh, i was thinking about hooking getting back sleeping for one night in my bed and uh hooking up to the mud motor and Headed to the Snake River. Nice. I'd, 
Yeah, Idaho, everybody I talk to that hunts Idaho waterfowl or, I mean, Idaho and Montana, they always say, like, it's kind of a little bit of a hidden gym, you know? Um, yeah, definitely. I, I know, like, I know one guy that goes out and, I mean, dude, he's chasing after these mallards all year long just on that river. And it's funny because he'll ride that boat and he's like, sometimes we almost run out of gas, you know? And uh, Yeah. Dude, but they find some good pockets where, I mean, they come around the bend and there's a small little little pocket, little cove, and there's, you know, two, three, four thousand mallards just sitting on the river. So. Yeah, it's, uh, that place, I've, I've only been up there one time, but, uh, I know that it's, it's definitely a little, a little gem for sure. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of a lot of weather dependent though. Like you really got to time it right. They, a lot of those birds, they don't like to, they don't go into that river until all those farm ponds are frozen, you know, yep. but that river, that river will never freeze. So. Dude, and that's like a, that's one thing that I, I think is kind of funny is that when we hunt California right here, especially in the Valley is, or when, when you hunt out of state, you can hunt birds on the feed or the water or the roost. And here it's like, at least in the Sac Valley, it's, you know, if they're in the rice and the rice is flooded, that's their feed water and it can be their roost. So the conditions change just drastically, you know? So when it freezes down here, I mean, if it, if it ever freezes, when hell freezes over and all our ponds are frozen, I'm curious where the birds would go. But up there, it plays a big part, you know, when all those smaller waterways freeze up, that river's running or those hot springs, you know, are a good spot for birds to land in and just kind of roost up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely up there. I mean, up there, you got, you know, you got hot springs in the river itself. So... You know, you you always got somewhere to go up there. Up here, I mean, up here in in Humboldt, we don't ever really freeze out. But uh, I'll tell you what, this morning I broke a little ice, which was weird for up here. Really? And uh, you know, it it, it kind of seems like those those really really cold mornings up here, these birds don't really they don't really know, you know, what what to do up here because it's uh it's either go on the salt or try and get into the grass fields where they like, but all that, that's where they feed, you know, yeah. they ain't feeding, they ain't feeding in the salt water, but they try to get into those grass fields when it's cold like this, it's locked up. So I think they just kind of wait and do a little evening flight. Do you guys, uh, do you guys ever go out for sea ducks? Do you guys get a lot of sea ducks up there? Like scoters and long tails or anything? Um, no long tails. I mean, there, there's, there's scoters all you can shoot up here and you know i mean I, i'm not a big fan of it i just I'd, I'd rather go out and try to shoot good ducks or i mean not saying that sea ducks aren't good ducks but i don't know i'm just i'm not a big fan of sea ducks a couple of my buddies they've been shooting a lot of scoters lately just because we don't have a lot of birds in humboldt right now it's kind of a little slack time and uh so my buddy, you know, you could shoot. I went out uh, a couple mornings ago, just me. I just took me and my dog out in my boat, and I ended up killing, I think, four greenheads and uh, three teal, three drake teal. But I could have shot bluebills all day long, like by the hundreds coming in. Jeez. So. 
But yeah, it's just, you know, different people have their different, their different priorities in birds or whatever. Like I'll, I'll shoot sea ducks. I don't have any issue with them, but if I can go out and shoot a limit of widgeon, I'm going to go shoot a limit of widgeon before I shoot a limit of scoters. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you, if you were going to be a, a sea duck guy up here in Humboldt, you'd do really well. Really? Because, I mean, that's all we have is just the ocean and the bays, and it's like that's what we hunt most of the time. So there's always a lot of a lot of divers out there holding up in the middle of the bays and stuff. So Yeah. So you, uh, you also do some big game hunting as well, right? Yeah, I do a little, I do some deer hunting. That's, I mean, I, I shoot, um, turkeys aren't big game, but that's basically what I do is ducks, deer, and turkeys. Didn't you shoot a turkey out of a layout blind the other year? <laughs> yeah, we did. That was, that was badass. Uh, that, talk about adrenaline. How'd that work out? How, how was that? Cause I saw that video and I was like, no fucking way. I go, he just crushed this fucking Drake, this Tom out of a layout blind i was like that's something i've never seen before that was pretty badass yeah basically me and my buddy grant grant wick we were uh you know like turkeys there's a lot of turkeys around here and uh you know it you can always go out and shoot a turkey you know sitting in a behind a tree or whatever you want to do but you know we're like let's get creative with it and film this thing and uh I was like, I'll bring my power hunter, my Avery power hunter, and my goose blind, basically, you know. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, let's just take it out there. I'll set the go- I'll set the turkey decoy right on my lap, and uh, we'll see what happens. And basically, right off the roost, this big old Tom. I think he ended up being ten and a half inch beard. Big. He was a big boy. He uh, he come flying out of the tree. Well, my buddy Grant, he's he's really good with the turkey call so he had this guy coming up after he's seen the decoys we had we had the hen decoy in my lap and the tom decoy like probably like four yards off my feet so he came in just ready to go and he he comes in and like i have videos on my phone i think i shot him at like four yards oh my god <laughs> but and, and i'm sitting there and i i let them dance around and hump the decoy and fight the, the male decoy for probably 45 minutes. I had them at four yards just because I knew we, I knew I was getting filmed, you know, and, and I'm sitting here in my blind, like four, four yards from them filming it myself. I'm like, God, this is so badass. And then finally I'm like, I was shaking so bad, hold my phone. I'm like, I gotta just, I gotta end this. <laughs> And uh, just kind of held my super black eagle up with one hand and just put it put it basically to the back of his head. And that was it. Just dumped him. Made for a hell of a video, but, it, you know, it's... I feel like if it got put out there, that video could, like, really go, you know, viral. Nobody's done that. I've never seen anybody do that. Dude, I've never even heard of people thinking about doing it, let alone like, actually <laughs> making it happen. So that's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, it was it was an experience, dude. It was badass. That- but uh, yeah, I mean, I do that, and then 
we actually own like 800 acres out uh well it's out out here in humboldt but uh yeah and i do i do my deer hunting on there you know i, I work a lot during the summer so i don't really get to go out a lot deer hunting anymore but uh last year actually two years ago i killed the, my biggest buck to date out there he was I think it was 21 inch four by four, which is for a coastal blacktail. That's, that's really good. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I bust my ass for the deer, but definitely not as hard as I bust my ass for the ducks. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I mean, like deer, deer to me at least just seems like, okay, you put all this work in for one animal and then it's like, but when you have flock after flock after flock of birds, you know, content like day after day after day, like that's yeah. definitely where my heart's at. You know, I like seeing that way, way more than, you know, chasing down a deer, but. Yeah. I mean, it is, you know, everybody has their own preference, but it is, I like, like you said, I like crushing those big flocks and, and this year, this year I kind of went on this little new, I've been taking a lot of people that have never hunted before, you know, yeah. like never hunted birds before. So they've always hunted deer. They've always did that, you know, and they, they think it's bird hunting's kind of stupid. You know, you get up and you sit out, sit out in the field and wait for something to come to you. But I'll tell you what, when, when you see their face, when you got a couple thousand geese landing like five feet off of your feet, boy they they don't got nothing bad to say after that yeah i could just imagine that'd be pretty pretty crazy yeah like my brother my brother's never even shot at a goose before i took him i took him opening day evolution season this year which i'm like all right dude get ready because like my field was packed it was it was stupid and uh i actually took him and my stepmom out and she's never like she's tried but she hasn't killed a goose yet so she's all you know down on herself because she couldn't hit one and this that the other well I, I put them in the hot seat and they had the time of their life they're so hooked now and that's that's what i love you know i love introducing new people to to what i love to do because like a lot of people don't get to experience it but when you do experience it you realize why we put in the time we do and why we love it so much, you know? Yep. Soon that soon they're going to open up another guide service and be your competition. Watch. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude, that's pretty crazy. Um, you ever done any out of state big game hunting? No, I haven't. It's, it's really on my bucket list. One of my, uh, one of my good buddies, he actually just moved to Alaska and uh he keeps telling me i gotta come over there and shoot some big game over there but no i never have it's it's always been something i've wanted to do i just have never you know never pulled the trigger on it i would love to go kill a big old mule deer or a big old elk yeah but uh yeah it's it, it's just nothing i've ever done before so but next year i think that's gonna change Hell yeah, dude. I mean, I, I would do it if, if I were you, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely an experience. Um, especially if you've, if you've never been like, I got into archery hunting and then <clears throat> the following year, my brother and I just said, screw it and just bought over the counter elk tags and got into elk hunting. And now I'm just addicted. Yeah. So, yeah, I can, 
I can only imagine what it's like. Like, I know what it's like, you know, you're sitting there at daylight and you, you hit that turkey call, you hear that gobbler call back. I don't know. I would love to see what it sounds like to hit that elk call and hear a bugle come back. Cause that's just, that's a different, different excitement. I'm sure it's yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild, dude. I mean, this past year, like, I got... can't, I've never even heard an elk bugle. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I would do if I was sitting in the woods and heard one of those big bastards crack off, you know? Oh, it's a it's a trip, especially when you hear them under two hundred yards. It's a it's a rush, dude. Gets gets yeah, the blood pumping pretty quick. I bet. So, so yeah, dude. I don't know, man. Uh, you've just been crushing birds all year long. Pretty jealous, dude. Because in the valley, it's been uh, it's been pretty hit or miss. And with work and everything, this whole COVID BS, it's just been seasons wrecked. The water, there's no water in the valley right now. Are you, um, so you said you're getting water in your blind this year. Did they, uh, are they going to start pumping or do you know if something happened with the state then? Cause I think it was a term 91 was allocating just minimal amount of water to some farmers in water districts. Yeah. Um, I, apparently our farmer is going to be buying water. I don't really know how that works or whatever. I kind of gave up on my Valley blind this year just because of all that, you know, that night, that prop 91 or whatever. But, uh, apparently he's going to be buying water. He already bought it for three of his, three of the blinds. And I guess I'm lost on the list because <laughs> I just got this blind this year. But, uh, yeah, apparently I don't think it's any change with any of the state things. I think it's just kind of a personal thing, you know, yeah, but, that's, uh, that's pretty I'm wild. Not... So, but yeah, how's your, how's your season going? You done pretty good this year or what? Uh, <clears throat> we're doing all right. I mean, it's weird this year. Like, uh, one of our properties didn't get water and another one, we have just a two man blind in it. So, uh, and that, that property got a lot of water. They even flooded a bunch more fields than they typically do. And I mean, there's a lot of birds everywhere, but sometimes you go out in the morning and you know, you jump 30,000 birds out of your fields and then they're just gone. Yep. Then it's game over. Yep. And then other times it's like you, you drive out there and you won't see a single bird in there. You know, it depends what the, like, uh, those fields are definitely, definitely, you know, the moon has a lot to play in it. I think the moon definitely crippled a lot of our season and the lack of weather up North has, uh, yeah. has kind of just destroyed our season. Hopefully in the next couple, like I'll be heading out tomorrow night to go to my rice blind for Saturday, Sunday. And, uh, We'll see how it goes, man, but it's been pretty rough. I know the refuges have been shooting pretty bad. I went out uh, one day, though, and, I mean, the widgeon just wanted to do it right, so I was like, oh, dude, I'll shoot widgeon all day long. Screw this, you know, and shot yeah. shot a limit of widgeon done by 730 and was like, oh, well, I wasn't expecting that. Like, uh, time to go get a breakfast beer? I don't know. So, <laughs> Hell, yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, you're going to have to uh, – going to have to – Come up here this this February if you're not too busy. Show you show you what it's about up here. I'm down, dude. And uh, these uh, little geese. We should um, 
we should talk about getting together maybe for extended goose like speck and snow season coming on in the valley we're uh trying to get a decent group of guys out there and just go crush geese so yes definitely let me know uh we got i mean between me and my my buddy tom we got i don't know probably 30 40 dozen full bodies speck snows so Jeez, yeah, we just let us know. We'll throw them in the trailer and head on over. Yeah, I'm game, dude, for sure. So throw out the Dave Smith illusions and throw in them tar bellies. I love shooting tar bellies. That's one thing over anything that I like to kill for some reason because we don't kill many up here. So when I get a chance to do that, I get all all giddy. <laughs> yeah, dude. Sometimes though, they make me just want to quit hunting altogether. Oh yeah. I worked a, uh, <clears throat> I worked a flock of like ten specks the other day, all big tar bellies right over us at our blind, and uh, they were like 30, 40 yards above our blind, and I just laid off the calling because they were just neck breaking trying to find the sound, and uh, I went to have them do one more pass, man, and then everybody and their mother in the valley started calling at them, is what it seemed like. So, but uh, dude, it took yeah. me a good 10, 15 minutes to work them down just from. 150 yards all the way down to about 40, 50 yards, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a different ball game down there in the valley when you got everybody and their brother blowing on a spec call. <laughs> yeah, it's... Let alone shooting at birds way up there. Yeah, man, I think that... uh. I think that a lot of hunters should go take a refresher course, you know, and, you know, maybe go and take one of their birds that's mounted, like, put it out 40 yards and range find it and be like, Oh, that's 40 yards, you know? <laughs> right. Some of these yeah, guys it's... are just knuckleheads, man. And I, I just kind of over hunting the refuge just because of that. Yeah. It sucks. Cause it's like those refuges could be so good. Like they have the potential to kill thousand birds every hunt, you know? Yep. And, uh, it's, it's just, it sucks when you get out, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, you got you got people that don't hunt much and whatever, like not trying to bag on nobody, but when you get people out there that don't kill anything ever in the season, they get a they get a draw at the refuge and get out around some birds, you know, they just let it fly. And I get it. I get that, you know, everybody wants to shoot. Hunting's hunting's not fun without a shooting, but uh I don't know. It's for people that really know what it's about and work for it and shit it sucks when you're out there and you're working birds and then all of a sudden boom 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 and you look over and the dudes were shooting at some snow geese fucking way up there and didn't even touch a feather yeah i mean it is what it is i think i i just i don't know they need a uh, they need a mentor <laughs> really bad yeah i mean if you want to build a pile you gotta do it right you yep. know, you can't just go out there and just expect to kill limits all around when you're out there dicking the dog and don't know what the hell you're doing. Oh, yeah. That's like a couple times at the refuge, you know, see these guys working, working some birds. And there's, you know, there's four birds coming right, bombing right into their spread. And there's a 20 pack right behind them. And these guys jump up and cut the four. And I'm always the one that's like, no, we'll try and cut the 20, you know, land the floor, land the four, cut the 20. Exactly so that's the way you build that's the way you build the numbers yep 
And plus, you never know if, you know, in that pack of 20, like, if you want to go kill something interesting, you know, maybe a Eurasian Widgeon comes in, you know, maybe a banded Spoonie comes in. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. Well, all right, man. It was good talking to you. Hopefully, uh, we get together this year. This audio came out a little bit better. I'll edit it here in a minute and post it up and see what everybody thinks, dude. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate you having me on. And, uh, yeah, I'm sitting here looking at the flags right now. They're about blowing over. It's so gnarly up here. So hopefully we're, hopefully we're going to get a good push next couple days, and I'll be sending you some pictures. And fucking hopefully you can make it up here for that late goose season. I got, I got a spot for you anytime you want, so just let me know. Right on, dude. Sounds pretty good. So I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll be in touch for sure. Sounds good, man. Have a good Christmas. All right, you too, dude. Merry Christmas. Yep. Bye. Bye.